0: Hey, family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, his gospel, and what living life in his kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. All right, are you guys ready for some gospel? Supposedly, always. All right, there we go, always. Always ready for some gospel always ready for some good news so I guess for forty weeks or so we've been talking about identity and I want to kind of continue along that same path today we just I want to uh, just kind of drill in on some specifics I want to recap a little bit you know when you cut grass for all the people that do cut grass um, or cut your own grass you know every time you um, you you make a little loop you always slightly what. You overlap a little bit. Why? Because you want it to blend. You want it to look nice. And so, usually, every time I share, I try to overlap at least a little bit so that there's a seamless connection with what I just happen to believe that the Holy Spirit's saying um, to this family. And so, I want to do some of that today. Um, so, I just want to keep talking about identity. We've been talking about fruit um, a lot, but I just want to talk about identity. I'm going to come from a little bit of a different perspective today. I'm going to recap a little bit. A few passages I'm going to read is going to be Genesis 1, 26 through, I think, 28. And I'm also going to read a very familiar, this is what I call a refrigerator verse, Proverbs 23 and 7, at least a part of it. And then we'll just talk a little bit out of those perspectives. I've been, uh, really the last few years, the Holy Spirit has dealt with me about how I think. Everybody say this, say, how I think is important. I'll say this, say, what I think is equally important. And so we're going to talk about how we think today in regards to our identity and how it plays a part. Really, uh, to be honest with you, how you think plays a part in your marriage, how you think plays a part in your physical health, how you think plays a part uh, in your parenting, how you think um, plays a part in your finances, and yes, how you think plays a part in your walk with Jesus. And so we're going to talk about um, some of these things today. Genesis 1, um, 26 through 28, uh, I got, um, I think I got New King James here today. I used to read from several different trans translations all the time, but New King James today. Hey, it's on the screen. There we go. Genesis 1, um, 26 through 28, this is uh, the account of God's creation, and this is day six, and this is what God says when he really does save the best for last, and he makes man kind. This is what he says. Let, then God said, let us make man in our image. So watch this. So human beings are made in the image of who? Pastors. Presidents, right? Whatever you want to call. No. Then God said, let us make man in our image, which by the way, in the creative account, we are the only thing that is that God said He wants to make in His image. I always say, "You want to know what God looks like? Go look in the mirror." Some of y'all just going and take your shirt off and it's like, "Yeah, that's right. Like this is right here. This is." Now you know I'm a single wide. I'm more like a teepee. I'm, I, but you know some of us are double wides. Some of us are single wides. We just we come in all different shapes and sizes. But guess what? We are made in the image of who? God, right? And when the scripture says we're made in the image of God, he's not so much saying, you know, two ears, two eyes, a nose, a mouth, two arms, two legs. That's not what he's, that's actually not what he's saying at all. It's really more of we bear the creative nature of our father. We are literally his representatives. If you could stamp God on something, he would say, that's my image. And God says, I stamp you with me. You bear my image, Right. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So we are made in the image of God and we are made in the likeness or God likeness of God. Ready? And he says, let them, meaning mankind, have dominion over fish of the sea, birds of the air, cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man. What? In his own image. And in the image of God, he created him. And just so we don't forget this, I like to say this is in the Bible, male and female, he created them. Just so we never forget which two go together right there in the scripture, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. Male and female is what got the blessing spoke over them. So quiet up here right now, you can do what? You can hear a moth peeing on a what? Cotton ball. Look at that. Y'all, y'all scared to say amen. Left me out here. Come on, Peter, you got to help me, right? Everybody else is forsaking me. I feel like Paul. And God blessed them, the male and female. And God said to them, the male and the female, be fruitful and multiply. Y'all know only who can do that? This is going to be really deep. Male and female. Anyway, so anyway, just I just I I love the Bible because the Bible talks. Be fruitful and multiply. Only male and female can do that. Fill the earth and subdue it. Guess who can do that only? Male and female, right? Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And I'm going to just read 31. Let me just get to the very end. And then God saw everything that he had made. And indeed, it was very good. So the evening... In the morning or the sixth day. Father, let your word speak to our hearts today in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs 23 and 7, as a man or a woman, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. I want you, for all my note takers, I want you to t- take some notes and I want you to listen today. Now, remember, you know, I came out of a church environment where we had to be swinging from the rafters and, you know, I say waving hankies and throwing babies that have good church. And most of those, I don't remember what happened. Um, but I think if you, if we actually learn by way of the Holy Spirit, the transformation is lived out in the long haul of our life. And so I want to aim for that today, okay? <clears throat> what perspective, this is good, you have to listen to this. This is what has changed my life in the last, I would say, five years, give or take. What perspective about God do we still have that is inconsistent with the Father that Jesus revealed him to be? Did you just hear that? That that is a bombshell. What perspective about God do we still entertain in our minds that is inconsistent with the Father that Jesus revealed him to be? I was literally reading in the middle of worship, Psalms 18, where David was saying he was having a bad day, whatever his day was going like. And he basically says, then I called on the Lord. And you should read what happens when the God that David said he worshiped happened in Psalms 18. The revelation, let me just read it to you. This is crazy. The revelation that David had of him at that time was this. And so this is why I'm I'm such a big advocate of you got to read the scripture through the proper lens. Right? Because whatever lens you read with determines what you see. And a lot of us, even in this room, we have not yet made the transition to be new covenant Christians, which is the only ones that are supposed to exist. Right? So we read the old covenant and say, yep, that's God right there. And it is nothing like the Abba that Jesus revealed. The Bible doesn't say when you see Moses, you've seen the father. Doesn't say when you've seen David, you've seen the father. Thank God Jesus Christ did not say when you've seen Job, you've seen the father. Thank you, God. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that's not in the scripture. Everybody before Jesus had a broken image of what the father was like. Everybody, everybody before Jesus. Even the ones that wrote in this, what we call the scripture which is why a lot of the scripture doesn't properly testify of who he is. And unless you read it with the right lens, you will walk away very, very troubled. Let me, let me just read what David says about God. I love this. And I'm like, I mean, this is, that's, I guess you could say, man, that's pretty powerful, but I don't know about this. Okay, listen to this. Psalms 18, I'm just reading verse 4. He said, the, de- the pangs of death surrounded me, and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God, and he heard me from his temple. And his, my cry came before him even to his ears. Watch this. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of the hills also quaked and were shaken. Why? Because he was what? Angry. And smoke went out of his what? Now, when last time you prayed and that one showed up? I just, anyway, I'm just reading the Bible. This is what David, the man at the God's own heart. This is his revelation of God. Somebody got to help me. Like I'm like, Alex, you might have to be my only amen. So The God that when he comes, the whole earth shakes and smoke comes out of his nostrils. Watch this. A devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were lit on fire by by it. When he walked, watch this. He bowed the heavens also and came down and darkness was up under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and he flew. And he flew upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. And the canopy around him was was dark waters and thick clouds of skies. Now, I can, from a new covenant perspective, can come back in here and fill in these gaps and like, oh, make this make sense. But watch watch verse 13 and 14 and 15. The Lord thundered from the heavens. The Most High uttered his voice. Hailstones and coals of fire were coming from out of him. He sent out his arrows and he scattered the foe. Lightnings were coming out in abundance. He vanquished them. Doesn't that sound a lot like what Jesus did to people when he met him? Now, hold on, hold on. What, what is true revelation of Abba? Is it the God that Moses talked about? They live in wrong, pick up a stone and smash skulls. So we can't handle this because we think, oh, you're talking about the Bible. (laughs) Anyway, we have to read scripture. That's why we don't, we don't have a perfect, I don't, I don't worship a perfect book. It's not God, the father, God, son, God, the Holy Scripture. It's God, father, God, son, God, Holy Spirit. The Bible is not inerrant or immutable or infallible because that's not the word of God. The word of God is the living man. He is inerrant. He is immutable and he is infallible. So I believe in the word of God. But as my good friend, Brad Jersick said, I even worship the word of God because he is the word of god and in 18 the word of god grew a beard and it's really quiet in here right now we have we have to see correctly so what perspective do you and i have about god and for this family where we're going jason we're going to have to see correctly what perspective do we have about god that is inconsistent with the father that Jesus revealed to us. I understand why some people read the Bible and they are like put off by the God that they read about in the old covenant. Cause nobody has explained to them the difference in the covenants. There's not a difference in God, just covenants. What is covenants? Covenants means how you approach him. <laughs> I asked a pastor one time, he was having some hard times. I said, okay, let's have a, let's have a conversation. And, Um, I don't like, I don't like know this like the back of my hand. I'm learning this. And I said, um, do you believe that our God is 100% like Jesus revealed unto me? He said, yes, sir. I said, that's great. I said, a more challenging question. Do you believe that the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ has always been like Jesus? Specifically what you read in the old covenant. He goes, "Well, um, well, I guess I never thought about it. I said, do you believe Hebrews 13 and eight? Jesus Christ, the same. You believe Malachi 3.6, I'm God. Do not change. Yeah, I believe those. Then how in the world do you marry together what you read in the Hebrew scriptures, a.k.a. Old Covenant, with, with the Abba that Jesus revealed in the New Covenant? That is a big transition to make. And it, you have to have revelation about it. Because the God that is revealed in the old covenant did not seem like the loving father that Jesus revealed in the new. Are you tracking with me? So I ask you again, church, what perspective about God do we still have that is inconsistent with the father that Jesus revealed to us? The Pharisees were killing people on their Sabbath day and taking joy in it. Stone another one. God is good, brother. Let's go to the park and eat. What? (laughs) What? In the name of the Lord, using the scripture to do it. God is good, brother. That's why Jesus told a parable of this vineyard owner that said he had a vineyard and he employed people in it, Stephen, to work the vineyard. And he went to a faraway country and eventually comes back and he sends people, Michael, he sent some of his servants to go check out what was going on with the vineyard. And he sent one of his servants. And they he whooped up on his servant. He came back and he told the king. He said, king, they, they whooped up on me like that. that's theirs. He said, I'm going to send a, a higher ranking one than you. And they go and they whoop up on him too. And the king says, I know what I'll do. I'm going to send my son. They never mistreat him. And he sent the son who we actually know is Jesus. And the son came, the physical visible representation of Abba and they didn't just abuse him they killed him they killed him and these are men that handled the scripture and knew the scripture but didn't know the word of God did you hear what I just said they knew scripture but they didn't know the word of God some of the most evil Catherine, most conniving people I've ever met know the bible but don't know the word of God I'm talking about, listen, no, 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 listen to me. I'm talking about mean people. Hearts filled with hatred. They will protect a principle while abusing a person. Pastor, that was a really good point. That was, rewind. They will protect a principle while abusing a person. That sound familiar? It's called Pharisaical. And Jesus Christ really came on the planet. Watch this. He came on the planet. And do you know that a hundred percent of the people that Jesus Christ rescued in the scripture were people that he was rescuing from the religious leaders of his day that they were using the scripture to hurt. But Jesus was always stepping in to save them. Like, man. And we. We entertain thoughts about God that are nothing like the Papa that Jesus revealed. Secondly, write this down. This is big. This is big. What perspective of myself do I still have that is inconsistent with how I know Papa feels about Jesus? What perspective of myself do I still have? This is personal for me. What perspective of myself do I still have that is inconsistent with how Papa feels about Jesus? And that's important because the same way he feels about Jesus, you have to know he feels about you. If we get those two foundational thoughts wrong, I'm telling you the whole rest of our life is built on a faulty foundation. I know people that go to church, they, they, they answered altar calls because they were afraid of what God might do to them if they didn't come to his becking call as if he needed something from them. And, you know, I grew up with evangelical terrorists. I mean, they were good, man. Scared. They didn't scare the hell out of them. I had a lot of that. I mean, but they scared me. And they would literally try to make me afraid of the God they were hoping to draw me toward. No, I ain't saying nothing. I said, they were trying to make me afraid of the God they were hoping to draw me to. If you make me afraid of you, you think I'm going to come to you? What spouse that has ever been abused by their spouse <laughs> would say, yeah, I'm, I'm coming to you because you abused me. That doesn't even work in natural marriage, in, in human covenant. I promise you, it doesn't work in divine covenant. Jesus Christ came on the planet to redeem the image of Abba that human beings had of him. How was he? But the one that you're going to stone, I'm not going to let you do it. What? And they pitted Hebrew scriptures against the word of God. And guess which one won? They said, Moses in the law or the scripture says we should do this. What say ye? This is what I say. kept pushing on the word. And the word stood up. And the word said, this is what I say. Let him that don't have any sin in his life, if you're going to stone her because she's a sinner, then you can't have any in your life. If you don't got none, let's let's have the rock party. And the scripture says, being convicted by their conscience, from the oldest to the young, they drop their rocks. And the scripture powders say so we we can't, said, we can't do it, nigga. And the word of God stood in front of what was fixing to be murder. You understand what I'm telling you? The word of God stood in front of that and walks over. And can you see Jesus putting his hand on her chin? And now she would have been stock naked. No clothes on this lady would have been just so embarrassed and picking up her chin and saying, daughter, where are your accusers? I love this. She says, I have none. He says, now this is, you can't just see Jesus as Jesus. You have to see Jesus as God. Colossians 2 says, in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's Colossians 2. In Jesus was all of of God the Father, God the Son and Spirit. It's the whole trinity speaking to humanity. Saying, I don't have no condemnation for you. But she was guilty I have no condemnation for you. Where are those that condemn you? She said, I have none. And then God tells a woman in a sinful predicament. He says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Look at the progression of scripture. In the progression of scripture, I grew up in church where they would have said, if you go and sin no more, then you won't be condemned. Well, good luck in that happening. Cause I was good until the first fine thing walked by, my mind went. You know, y'all don't do this in Oklahoma. I'm talking about North Carolina where I grew up. And then my mind wandered. All the married people look straight, looking straight at me. I'm just telling you, this is a safe, safe place right here, straight here. Right? So, so, so. If you could not sin, then you won't be condemned. But that's not what the God of the universe said. He said, the way to really be free from sin is understand that you're not condemned. And on the other side of that, he said, it's freedom from sin. What? That is raw in your face gospel. This is the Abba that Jesus revealed. I want to redeem his image. And then not only do I want to redeem the image of God that you have about God, I want to redeem the image you have about yourself. It's hard work, man. It's hard work. Do do you know what I just just told you has made me lose out on some very vital relationships in my life? Because they can't take what you just heard. The Bible does not say, as God thinks about a man in his heart, so is the man. The Bible teaches this. As you and I think in our hearts about ourselves, that's who we are. I'm going to tell you, this is a big statement. It's not enough for God to think and believe in you. You have to think and believe in you. God thinks the highest thoughts of us. My goodness, we're made in his image. But the scripture doesn't say because God thinks it about you, it shall be. We have to get to a place that we say, God, I believe about me what you believe about me. Settle that and then watch the gap begin to be brought to nothing. Does that that make sense? So watch this. How far you go and how much you grow is not determined by what God believes about you alone. But it is equally as important at all times and determined by what you and I believe about ourselves. I know what God believes about me. I'm the head not to tell you, but I don't believe that. You're blessed and not current. Yeah, I don't believe that. What what, what about this? I'm I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the what? I don't believe that. Right? The Holy Spirit whispers a thought to you. I want you to start this business. Uh, And the first thing comes to your mind, you don't even know it's the Holy Spirit. It's just a random thought, but it's the Holy Spirit. Nobody in my family ever started a business. I don't believe that. And the reason, myself included, a lot of us haven't done some of the things that we have been destined to do at this point in our life is because we don't believe about ourselves what God believes about us. Not as God thinks about you, but how you think about you. Because watch this, you will always behave in a way that is consistent with how you believe about yourself. That I need to throw something, that's good. Did you, I said, you and I will always behave in a way that is consistent with how we believe about ourselves. And I mean, I understand that sometimes we behave in ways that's not us, because we all have those moments, right? I had some moments. I was even telling uh, Wes this, this week how I was an idiot, and, and I was telling my wife how my stuff stinks, and, but that's not my normal. We have those days, but consistently, you always behave in a way that is consistent with how you see yourself. This is why you got to see yourself right, but you don't see self right unless you first see God right. See, you know the whole scripture, which is still, it's still Old Testament scripture. Everybody say this, say the new covenant doesn't start until after the resurrection. You understand that like in your Bible, we call it the New Testament, but the Gospels were actually in the Old Covenant because Jesus hadn't died yet. So there's a lot of stuff that Jesus said, even in his life before the cross, Peter was still Old Covenant because he hadn't died yet. Like they asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Y'all, <laughs> I need the shield in here today to, to block the stones, but you ready for this. They asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And he quotes a Old Covenant scripture to them. And he says, oh, that's easy. This is the greatest commandment. Right? Actually, what's the greatest commandment in the law? I got that. He says, he quotes Deuteronomy 6, right? Love the Lord your God with what? Soul, mind, strength. Now, when have you 100% of the time always done that? And only one person on the planet who's ever done that consistently. And his name was Jesus. I, I'm like, you condemn me already with the greatest commandment. I'm, I'm, I'm a failure in life. Right, and then he said, "Let me add one that you don't even ask me about. I'm gonna tell you what the second one is." <laughs> he says, "Love your neighbor." Like what? How many of you like to take yourself shopping? How many? How many ladies like to get your own self your nails done? Some of y'all may need to take your leg, get them nails done. All the ladies said, "Amen." Right? You know how? How many of you, you like to go out to eat by your, well, not by yourself, but for yourself? You like, to take a, you like to take a vacation for yourself. How many of you guys like to get a paycheck for yourself? I love that. Have you ever wanted all that same stuff for your neighbor to the same degree you wanted it for yourself? Pastor, I ain't never even thought about it. We failed again. That's a powerful command, by the way, because if I love my neighbor by myself, I won't be covered in his spouse. Cause I don't want nobody doing that to mine. If I love my neighbor, Stephen, like myself, I won't talk smack about him behind their back. Cause I wouldn't want nobody to do that to me. Seriously. Powerful. Still old covenant. <laughs> Jesus Christ always confronted how we thought about the father, man. And how we thought about ourselves. Why is that powerful? If you see God wrong, you see yourself wrong. You can't love your neighbor as yourself. That's dangerous because some people do that. They love their neighbor the way they love themselves, but because they don't love themselves right, they don't love their. If your self-image is not Abba's self-image of you, then boy, your neighborhood is in for a rude awakening. Can I be, that's why I pick up my neighbor's trash cans right there. Did you hear that? Ain't that a simple revelation? I don't want my, (laughs) they pick up trash on Tuesday in South Edmond in my neighborhood. Anyway, South Edmond. So in in my neighborhood. And I, I, hey, it's like, it's Thursday, man. You're going to take them trash cans up. You know, you believe in God for an angel to send them. Like, what is it? Guess who that angel is a lot of times. Now watch this. Did that take a miracle for me to pull them trash cans up? Now, I don't go around. I need to do this. I should go around my whole community. They they probably put me on the Facebook page. I do about two to three houses down. I'm pulling them trash cans up. First off, I'm like, it makes the neighborhood look bad. I can't even say it was the love of God. that moved in my heart. The Holy Spirit said, you know what, Joshua, they would really just feel overwhelmed by my love if he would go pull those trash cans up. I'm like, no, I'm trying to park my car there, but you keep leaving the trash cans. (laughs) Is that too, that's not spiritual enough. No, okay, Well, the angel came to me in my sleep and said, "Would you please, Joshua, move their tread? Oh. Ah. Trashkin. No, he didn't do that. But do we harbor thoughts in our mind that are inconsistent about Abba that were not consistent with the Abba that Jesus revealed him to be, and do we entertain thoughts about ourselves that are inconsistent with how we know the Father loved Jesus. And lastly, one of my favorite communicators on the planet is Bill Johnson. and He said this. He said, it is a dangerous thing for you and I to entertain thoughts about ourselves that Abba doesn't entertain about us. That's just good. You know what I found out? This is when I wrote this down this morning. A lot of us, we live by instinct and not right identity we operate off of reason rather than revelation. Seriously. Seriously. At least in South Edmond we do. Right? Watch this. So Papa is attempting to take us on a spiritual journey to align with how, to align us, our thinking with his way of thinking. But it's a bit of a journey. What do you do when your car is out of alignment? When it's not driving right, you take it to a mechanic, and they jack that thing up. And sometimes I'm telling you the Holy Spirit in his own way, he jacks us up to bring us back into alignment. How do you tell that car is out of alignment? Well, start driving it and just take your hand off the steering for a minute. It starts doing what? You let it go. You're going to end up in a ditch or flipped over somewhere. A lot of us, this is what church is for us. A church gathering is somebody going, Oh, get back on the street. Oh, get back on the street. Oh, get back on the street. I'm telling you, you don't need another church service. And I love you. I'm a pastor. I love it. I love it. But we need a Monday, Jesus. Listen, Tuesday, Jesus. Catch you in the middle of your lunch break, Jesus. Catch you while you're trying to Netflix and chill, Jesus. Right? I need that kind of Jesus that can catch me anytime and say, you know, that's not right. You know, how are you thinking about it? That's not right. That's not right. This is why God throughout, this is crazy to me. God throughout all of scripture is constantly reminding us of who we are. You are salt. You are light. You are chosen. You are royalty. You are peculiar. You are blessed. You are head. You are not tail. You are made in my image. You are made in my likeness. But we don't get it. He doesn't keep saying it because he forgets it. He keeps saying it because we forget it. Mm -hmm. And just because something is true in God's mind about us and even true in the scripture does not mean we experience it. Because just because God has done it and you will have a hard time in, in this state finding somebody who believes in the finished work as much as I do. I believe everything about you is already done, but you do not get it and get to experience it unless you put faith in it. And that is monumental right now. Peace that passes all understanding. Really? Where is that at? Believe it. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. Really? Where is that at? Feel it. Feel it. This is huge to me. And I'm going to write this down. When the enemy can no longer change what you think about God, his next major play is this. I will make you change what you think about yourself because you know God is perfect. You know God don't lie, right? You know God ain't going to lose his attitude, but you know you're going to lose it, and I'll make you doubt yourself. You know you harbor that secret thought toward your spouse, or you know what you thought when you looked in the neighbor's yard, and you compared your house with theirs, your salary with theirs. Y'all ain't saying anything. This is real stuff that happens all the time. And if I can't make you doubt God, I'll make you doubt you. And that's how I'll gain interest into your life. And ego whoops us 100% of the time. So check this out. Let me hurry and get done. Even in the book of Genesis at the start, God says, I just read it to you, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Now that's so simple it takes church to complicate it. Right? That's simple stuff right there. It takes Christians to complicate that. By the time you get to Genesis 3, God has made an amazing planet when we arrived on a planet, we didn't make one blade of grass, one tree, one animal, one ray, one raindrop, one ray of sun. The father made everything for us on our behalf. We are the last thing he made. Matter of fact, he didn't make us first and then make us stand back and watch him make it. He made everything for us so that when he made us, when we woke up, we saw first him and then he said, I made all this for you. I'm talking about the spirit of Mufasa came on the father. You remember Simba? What did his daddy tell him when he held him up? Every place that the sun shines. What's that? What do he say? you act like y'all didn't watch it last night. Somebody was watching it last night. You be trying to act like, can you try to tell your kids, I want you to watch this movie? You want to watch it. I mean, that's how good The Lion King is. I don't even understand half the words of some of them songs I watch. I would be like, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Powerful. Powerful. And God, Adam wakes up and God's like, I made all this for you. You don't have to make nothing. All you got to do is just enjoy it. You don't have to make anything. You just have to enjoy it. You're made in my image and in my likeness. I don't know if it was one day, one year. We don't know if it was 10,000 years or a million years. We don't know. But one day. They're hanging out in the garden, no clothes on. Oh, what a sight that must have been. Thank you, Jesus. Naked and not afraid. Shame. Ain't that the name of that show? Naked and not afraid, whatever it is. You know, the one you said you were watching last night. What's it called again? Uh, come on, just talk out there. <laughs> and it's like, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't me, Pastor Josh. So I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I ain't going to call out no names, Michael Woodard. But anyway, somebody named Michael Woodard messaged me the other night. He's like, Pastor Josh, I'm tell you what. I'm going to buy one of them lottery tickets. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I ain't never bought a lottery ticket. I wouldn't even know what to do, where to check, if I won. But my wife was like, you need to buy one of them lottery tickets. I'm like, I sure do need to buy one. Uh, you said you got one right there on you? I guess you didn't win. Hey, don't forget about the rest of us if, if if something turn up. I don't even know what I was talking about. Y'all completely just lost my place. But anyway, so Adam, What's that? so adam didn't have to make anything god didn't even make him watch him make everything it was all made for him to simply in joy he's made in the image and likeness of god and one day they're walking through a garden which is pretty normal and they come across a what which is not uncommon in a garden And it's just like the enemy to make you think some of this hellway in a life like yours, this is normal. Now, I would have been like, uh, Adam, they is not just a snake over here. But you know what he has the unique ability to do? He talking. I would have been like, go get this on camera. This is about to be on TikTok. We're going famous today. We, you know what? We don't know. Maybe every animal could talk. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe Adam so knew who he was and his identity that he was not just able to communicate with his creator. He was actually able, he was actually able to communicate with the creation that his dad had given him all authority over. That's powerful. That's, that's powerful. And he's having a conversation with a serpent, something that he has dominion over, where she is initially, which actually, when you read the Bible, we always put it off on Eve like she made the big mistake. Actually, the Bible says, and she gave to her husband who was with her, and he ate too. He was standing right there. It ain't like he was back at the house watching ESPN. He was there going as much as he was like, wow, this snake and dog, wow. Like I'm just, you know, probably had a belly, dad bod, but anyway, just look like he have been eating in Popeye's. You know what I'm talking about? but So. This is happening and and, and the serpent one day just says, so did he really say to you? And he's hissing her into disobedience. You know what? I bet your father actually knows that the day you eat of this fruit that he told you not to eat, I bet the reason he really don't want you to do it is if you do it, he knows you'll be just like him. And you'll know the difference between good and evil. You'll be in his likeness. And there ain't no women in this room that talk before they husbands. But that's just Eve. And so Eve was like, well, I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> Don't y'all men say nothing now. Just, just let me take all the blows right here, right? <laughs> What's that? What's that, Peter? You got something you want to say, Peter? He's, he just, you just be quiet but you're a good man. Eve just, yeah, she just takes it, gives to Adam. But ain't nothing happened when Eve ate it. I would have been like, you in trouble when daddy gets back. I would have got away from her. I'm like, you stay over there. I'm going over here. That's what I would have done. I wasn't in the garden. But soon as Adam ate, the head the found head of humanity. When Adam ate, both their eyes were open. Boom. He went, Oh, I can't believe this. <laughs> he went like just give up a tree. He was like, Oh, I can't believe you either. And they just both hiding. You know what the Bible says before they ate? It says, literally, it says they were naked and not ashamed. Caleb, they didn't have a 10 gym. I don't know what they were doing, but it was working. But they ate something. Naked not ashamed. Now they know they're naked and they are ashamed. All because they thought they were not in the image and likeness of God when God clearly says, I made you in my image and I made you in my likeness. I said all that just to simply get you to see this one thing right here. Isn't it funny that the first deception in the scripture was over our identity? So is it not obvious to us that if it weren't then to get us in this place that we're in, that isn't it possible that he could possibly still be trying to make us not see who we are? One great writer said this, all sin is a secondary consequence of a misunderstood idea. Identity. You either believe something wrong about God that's not consistent with who Jesus revealed him to be. Or you believe something wrong about yourself that is not consistent with how the father loved Jesus. Because the same way he loves Jesus, he loves you and I. And just because it's true of God toward us in the Bible does not mean you and I actually get to experience that truth unless we put faith in it. But oh my, what happens when you and I actually start saying what God says, believing the way that God believes about us? Do you know the Bible is filled with people that God would ask to do something? I call it assignment. And then they would always show their own inadequacy. God would say things like this, Moses, go tell Pharaoh. You know what Moses said? Uh, uh, I mean, the spirit of porky pig came on him. He was stuttering. I can't can't talk right. This is in the Bible. This is in the scripture. And then God tells Moses, he says, my mouth is messed up. I can't talk right. God tells Moses, do you know who made the mouth? I'm like, Ooh, you bad. No God, you talking like that. He said, do you know who made the mouth? It's in the Bible. Jeremiah, I want you to go and be a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the belly, I what? I knew you. Before you came out of your mother's womb, I had sanctified thee and called thee to be a prophet to the nations. And then Jeremiah turns right around and says, I can't do it. Listen to his excuse. Why? He said, I'm too young. Like grace don't work, uh, you know, until you're 25. (laughs) Right? Right? Gideon. You mighty man of valor. You know what Gideon said? Do you know who my family is? Now, I know I can use that one. I got some crazy people in my family. So Moses was saying, I can't talk right. Jeremiah said, I'm too young. Gideon said, don't you know who's in my bloodline? Right? Jesus meets Simon, better known as Peter. Peter calls himself the worst of sinners, right? Right? But today, I just simply come on, Alyssa. I just want to remind somebody that you are who God says you are. You can do what God says you can do. I believe I was meant to break curses that had been alive in my own immediate family. Maritally. relationally, how I handle relationships. Watch this. Financially, can you believe? Can you believe that? You might be the first. In your line to do these things, and any time you pioneer something, you have to be willing to be misunderstood because you're the first one. And that's okay. That's okay. You know, before there was a street out here, it was just nothing but, I don't know, field. I mean, we live in the the Wild West. Before all these roads here, people roamed on feet, then on horses. Can you imagine how long it took to get from one place to the next? But somebody said, you know what, I'm going to build a highway through here. And it's going to allow me, what well, used to take us months, weeks, or days, we can do in maybe hours or minutes. When they first shared that, somebody thought they were crazy. But they had a thought. It starts in your mind. I've been talking to some friends of mine about some things that's in my heart. And I'm starting to stand up in it. Sometimes I just say things until I get, I get in faith with what God has said over me. Like I'm living there right now. I'm like, Lord, I'm out here. I can't, I, I feel like this is, this is me, but maybe this is for you too. Like I'm in a season where he's saying, Joshua, get out of that boat and don't meet me in the parking lot. He said, no, get out of that boat and meet me on the water. No, don't tell me to meet you on the water. Because I'm a skinny Native American Indian from John Station, North Carolina, and we don't walk on water. I operate in the realm of the known. I operate in the realm of what my parents operated in at least. That's what I know. He said, no, no, but you get out of that boat and come and meet me on the water. I want you to see something differently. If you stay in the disciples, in in the boat, you'll only see the face of disciples. But I'm telling you, when you're willing to step out and do what God's asking you to do, even though it's crazy, you actually meet Jesus in a new realm. So you were meant to break the mold. Come on. Come on, I think I'm talking to the right people. I want to tell you you're bigger than you think you are. Do you believe that about yourself? Because you're in Christ. What if you are the hope of glory for your business? Because you're in Christ Jesus. I want to introduce you to the real you, the courageous you, the bold you, the adventurous you, the humble you, the talented you, the kind you. Watch this. The whole you. W-H-O-L-E. Right? 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 God's speaking to you, man. I want to tell you who you are. I want to tell you who you are. When, I, when, when, we, when we came here, it's funny. Like, God has a sense of humor. He rarely tells you everything about what he's telling you to do. He'll just say, I want you to go there. Okay, I'll say yes to that. Then when you're halfway on the way there, or when you get there, all this hell break out. And you ever wanted to go to God and say, God, you didn't tell me. And he says, I know I didn't tell you. Because if I'd have told you that, you wouldn't have came. You and the king. That's kind of how it works, right? So I'm sitting up this morning at about 3:40 or so, and I'm just thinking and I'm writing and I'm hearing things. And the Holy Spirit said this to me, Josh, here's your remedy for that. He says, Remember when I asked you to do the thing I put in your heart, and you said yes, and I said, Yeah, Papa, I remember that. He said, This is powerful. He said, I put enough grace on that word when I spoke it to you. There's enough grace on that word that will go through every storm you're going to go through. Literally, every disappointment that you're going to entail on this journey of life. God said, I graced you for it when I spoke you into existence. So in my alpha, there was enough grace on me that would carry me all the way through my omega. So God will never reveal every detail of the trip because he loves to surprise us. And he knows we would turn away. But he said, I graced you for the struggle before the struggle ever even came. I graced you for the hardship before the hardship ever even came. Even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even there I am with you. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of Abba. And he said, Joshua, before you ever even left Loringburg, North Carolina, to move to South Carolina, where you would one day meet Bishop Tony Miller, where you would stay for a year and then one day move to Oklahoma City, and then one day move to Edmond, before any of that, before the way church was a figment of my imagination, and I didn't see the struggles and the heartbreaks and the people getting pissed off and everybody leaving and nothing before all of that. He said, you are already crazed for it. I said, so what do I do? He said, look back to when I called you. Go back to your true genesis. Think about yourself the way I think about you. Because to him who believes, guess what? All things are. On, stand to your feet with me. Stand to your feet with me. Jesus, man. I feel this in the bottom of my belly this morning. I just felt like reminding you of who you are today. And I want to say this. I believe the Holy Spirit is coming after every notion of God in our minds that doesn't line up with the Abba that Jesus revealed. He's coming for it, man. He's turning over every log, every rock, he's coming for it. And then everything in our minds that we believe about ourselves that's not true with how Abba loved Jesus, he's coming for that too. I'm saying I can have the marriage he destined me to have. I'm saying I can be transparent and vulnerable in relationships the way Jesus was. I'm saying I believe I can be a steward over my finances and God can increase what he's put in my hand. I believe that because I believe the Father says that about me. I believe I can do the business. I believe I can make impact in the community. I believe I can and you fill in the blank. I told my son last night, I said, you take I can't out of your vocabulary. He came to me and said, Dad, I can't. I said, no, you take that out of your vocabulary. I said, because there ain't nothing you cannot do. If Abba called you to do it, you just keep working at it and working at it and working at it and working at it and working at it. Because you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. My friend, what was your name again? Jordan. Jordan, your path is fixing to change dramatically, friend. Your path is fixing to change dramatically, friend. Abba is bringing, specifically I see two men that are getting ready to walk into your life. And these will be men of health. Watch this next statement. And they will even be men of wealth. they are literally going to come along your side and help you to be a healthy young man as much as you are as much as you are open to receive it and on the other side of your health i just see wealth i just see wealth i'm going to say this i don't know your life story but you are going to be a need meter it's almost like in my heart, I can hear you saying, "The I would love to do that for that person, but I don't have the means. But you are going to be a need meter. So God is going to meet your needs so much so, hold on, hold on, so that you can meet the needs of other people. And people will look at your story and say, I knew him. That had to be God that did that thing. Jordan, just lift your hands. I know it's your first time here, man, but this is our normal. Come on, just extend your hands toward Jordan. Matter of fact, do I got some men that can surround him for a little bit? Jordan, it's not over, man. It's not over for you, bro. It's not over for you, bro. It's not over for you, man. Look, you didn't even know this was going to happen. It's not over for you. It's not over for you. Father, we just... I just speak life over Jordan. Lord, I thank you for bringing direction to his life. Lord, even his kids' lives. I thank you for redeeming his family. Listen, Jordan, for redeeming your family. And you are not the mistakes that you've made. Whoa. You are not the mistakes that you've made. You're going to value the word redemption, my friend. But Lord, as men, I ask you, Lord, to, to give him wisdom. James 1:5. If a man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men freely and it will not be kept back from him. Lord, give him wisdom. And Lord, give him direction. I thank you, Lord, for letting him be a healthy young man, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, relationally. And I thank you, Lord, for enlarging and increasing his life, even financially. God, blow his mind. I pray that the next 24 months will look like God put your your life on a fast track. Shoo! God will do in the next 24 months what you thought it would have taken him 10 years to do. If you can believe all things are possible, I still believe. I still believe. I still believe. God, we just release that word over Jordan's life now in Jesus' name. I even pray for his kids, Lord, that things they've been exposed to, you'll keep the negative from them and you'll let light literally penetrate them in Jesus' name. Show in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. in Jesus. I believe that in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I'm telling you Way church, you are everything God said of you. I'm telling you way, church, you are everything God said of you. Hey, I want to say that, and I'm done. I just, I want to say this. I don't, can I just be honest? I could care less about having a good church service. I want our lives to be transformed. So that when we're shopping at Jack (laughs) picking up food, right? So that when you're walking through Home Depot, there's just something different about you. There's like a, a righteous aura about you. Seriously. So that when you're in the gym, Caleb, people say, man, that's something different about that guy. What is it? Not because I go to a fiery dynamic church and we have a great preacher or whatever. It ain't because of that, man. It's Christ in me. He's the hope of glory. And I pray that what we hear, we don't leave as a sermon. But we take it and say, Lord, would you let that shift some stuff in me so that something is different in my life, in my community. That's my hope. That's my hope. Now, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you through Christ. And through Christ, may you see his face smiling upon you. And through Christ, may you walk in the peace that's already been given to you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You guys have an amazing week. God bless you. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via cash app at dollar sign Way Family Church or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.